0: This is ESPNW's Free Cookies. I'm Catherine Budig. And I'm Kate Fagan. And this is a podcast all about sports, wellness, and pop culture. And today, it is about cathartic release and the sounds that often accompany them, like.
1: (laughs) I'm kind of wondering how many you will do before I interrupt you to let the listeners know. That's going to make sense to you because we have the founder of The Class, Taryn Toomey, on today's show. We will tell you more about her before we bring her on because she's pretty badass. And then we're going to follow that
0: up with a conversation about what could possibly be better than lattes.
1: Absolutely nothing. But we're going to try. But first, some sportsing because it is a big week. In the NFL, the National Football League. American football. Not European football. thrown with a hand. Not kicked with a foot. Only occasionally kicked with the foot. Punted. Punted. Or field goal kicked. Okay, so this is why it's a big week. <laughs> Next week, most training camps open. Yes, it's hard to believe the NFL season is upon us again. And this week, teams can slap a franchise tag a player. I don't want to get too crazy in the nitty.
0: I woke up this morning from a very long voice message from Kate trying to explain what we were going to talk about on the podcast today and I had to save her voice memo because this franchise tag still does not make sense to me.
1: It's very confusing and there's a lot of like, you know, contract mumbo jumbo but football jail is my takeaway. The main franchise tag that matters just broadly to most NFL fans is what's going on in Washington with their quarterback Kirk Cousins like this will be the second year in a row that Washington slaps the franchise tag on him it's basically when you haven't agreed to a deal with a free agent Instead of them becoming a free agent and leaving your team, the NFL has this rule so that teams don't lose like their star, star players, guys they really want, where they can say, okay, we haven't agreed to a contract, so we're going to give you this one-year franchise tag. They make good money, but they, they don't have a long-term deal. So right. Kirk Cousins, this quarterback, he's betting on himself. And so because Washington is not giving him the long-term deal that he wants, he thinks that they're under offering on him he's like all right franchise tag me again I'm willing to play this year and prove to you that I'm worth more than you're offering and so I'm betting on myself that next year some other team or you Washington will offer me the long-term big money contract that I want so this is I think this is interesting to us because it's really this play that players make where they're like I'm gonna bet on myself
0: but I mean number wise betting on himself what percentage do you think is in his favor Oh my god, are you asking me
1: I'm asking for a percentage? You for a
0: percentage because you love the numbers.
1: Well, it's it's a really nuanced question because I don't want nuance. I just want give me a number. Give you a number like what percentage he's betting on himself that is it's it? going to be good, that it's going to work out. Oh, I mean probably at this point like 50-50 because I mean you could get Her, hurt. it's he risky. Could, it's risky. I mean, he could have agreed to like a 3-year deal worth, you know, 55 million. And instead, he's agreed to one year for $24 which is good. It's a better per year. But like, what if he gets hurt? What if he doesn't play well? He could be costing himself a a lot in the long run. Got it. And so I think this is interesting because really this is a play on betting yourself. And I'm like, for free cookies, this is the perfect entryway to talk about what was the one time. I mean, I'm sure there was more than one time. But that you want to share where you're like, you bet on yourself. And so for you, KB greatest human alive i want you to share like and i haven't heard this story so this is going to be new for me like what is one time you bet on yourself i mean honestly i I feel like
0: i've bet on myself many times i feel like i do it every day (laughs) a little bit uh i'm in the middle of a big gamble right now in my life um where a lot of listeners know this that i've been teaching yoga for 13 14 years now and people love Boxes. We talked about it on our last episode. Cardboard
1: boxes. People metal love boxes. to
0: put everyone in a box and understand them. And I've been understood for a very long time as a yoga teacher. And anything outside or, you know, a, a wellness person, perhaps, if you wanted a bigger box. And you know, here I am on a podcast right now doing something that is not the stereotypical action that a said yoga teacher would put into their blueprint yeah. of success.
1: We were attempting to talk about the franchise tag in the NFL right now. Yeah, you now, didn't see so that one coming, you? Did, you did? just
0: blew up the box. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's I, I pride myself on not following blueprints in my life. And sometimes I pride myself on it, and other times I bang my head against the wall because... I feel like I'm gambling and losing, and I'm setting myself up for disaster. Where I have created something that works, and it's so easy to just stick with what works. So and for especially you, what works? What, what work? My yoga career works. The the circuit I travel on works. The the classes and workshops I teach it works. And I could. Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's not like being a football player where you're going to get injured and be out of a career. I mean, I could technically be teaching from a full body cast. It doesn't matter.
1: People just love your magnetic personality up there, too.
0: Right. It's because I'm so interesting. My point that I'm trying to make about the gamble that I'm in right now is I'm not following the same steps that I have. I'm not continuing to do what has made me popular. I am not doing what people expect of me. And I know a lot of people love me for it. And I'm pissing a lot of people off, too, because they expect something from me. And when they don't get exactly what they think they're going to, when they push the A button and something that is not A comes out. Of they asked that for a Kit
1: Kat and then they got a baby Ruth.
0: Yeah. And I kind of feel like I'm that... Butterfinger that you know like when you push the button And and it almost comes out but it gets stuck in the little Ring and then you're like banging on the machine Yeah I'm kind of like that poor little Butterfinger Right now who's like I'm trying to let go Of my old life and I want to make the jump but I Can't and I'm stuck and then you guys are all banging
1: On the machine and it's stressing me out and I just want to be A Butterfinger just let me be a Butterfinger Baby I gotta tell you that is a really beautiful metaphor Thank you I'm serious I'm not this isn't like Me being cynical and sarcastic That's perfect that's where I am That's where you are right now Don't you want to know mine? I I would love to know yours. Okay. I was thinking about this a lot today because it would be easy. But the first thing that popped into my head was when I left upstate New York and chose to play basketball at the University of Colorado. But that's not really the biggest gamble ever because I had this like set bullet point list. Like I wanted the school to be sponsored by Nike and I wanted them to be in the top 25 and... It wasn't actually risky for what I had told myself for years and years. I was like, I'm just going to go to the best basketball school that like fulfills these three or four things. Sadly, academics had like no part of it. <laughs> so, that was what first popped into my mind, but I think actually the right answer to it was coming out when I was like 29.
0: I don't think I even knew that you officially waited that long until a week ago. Yeah. remember when you dropped that number on me, I was like... Yeah, so
1: when I worked at the Philadelphia Inquirer, I didn't tell anyone that I was gay that I worked with until like the last couple months, right before I started at ESPN. And I started at ESPN about five and a half years ago. And the reason I label that as like my franchise tag, bet on myself moment, is because until that point, I was being the version of a sports reporter that... I saw on TV and that I thought everybody wanted. Everybody wanted like the straight woman alongside, you know, all of the former athletes and, and the anchors, male anchors who populate sports media. But like, I didn't see any like gay women. So I bet on myself that it was going to be better to be me and be able to be honest and open about my, Viewpoints and who I was and my perspective on sports, that was going to be better than being like a carbon copy imitation. And that wasn't easy because, I mean, even my mom, and hey, mom, I love you, she listens to free cookies, was in a a lot of ways in the camp of like, this is going to hurt your career because she came from the viewpoint and it was based 100% in fact that historically, like being out was not going to increase your popularity your popularity (laughs) I mean internally and externally and I think she was very worried for me about the response from people who consumed you know ESPN but I just eventually was just tired of lying and then also felt like there's no way I was going to ever excel in the way I wanted to excel if like I had one arm tied behind my back and that would have been like Pretending to be someone that I wasn't.
0: So, how long did it take for you to realize that your gamble was worth it?
1: It was serendipitous in that the LGBT sports movement was kind of blossomed like a year and a half later, and then I was actually very fortunate in that all of a sudden all of these programs space. were like, "We have a gay one, and there's a gay topic. Get the gay one to talk about the gay topic." And then I looked at my mom and I was like, "You know what I'm saying." So it it was probably about a year. And it wasn't like you know, most people know. So it wasn't like I walked around and I was like, hi, I'm gay. Hi, I'm gay. Hi, I'm gay. It just at, whenever I could, I would say, you know, or my girlfriend or like I would make, you know, just in, in normalizing. And producer Sarah's over here like, I understand. Normalize the conversation. <laughs> so that's when I think I, be, I bet on myself that I think has had was the most scary to me and has had the most. Upside as well. I'm like the Kirk Cousins of ESPN. I'm like, you know what? You franchise tag me. I'm gonna earn that contract extension. You gonna work today?
0: Today's guest is known for transforming students with her magical cathartic workout called the Class by Terrence. Capital two. T, capital C, capital T, capital C. Earlier in her career, Taryn found joy and success in the fashion industry and became mother to two beautiful daughters. All of her experiences as a woman, a mother, a yogi, and a New Yorker informed the creation of her method. A mind-body fitness experience that guides students from their personal comfort zones to intuitive places of growth.
1: The Class, capital T, capital C, by (laughs) Taryn Toomey, capital T, capital Capital T. T. I love alliteration. Hosts daily classes in New York City, Los Angeles, and Vancouver, and special pop-up classes like the Hamptons and Greenwich. And you can get the schedule and everything about Taryn Toomey at TarynToomey.com. That's T-A-R-Y-N-T-O-O. M-E-Y. We're like our personal publicist here. And by the way, when we reference the class, we mean the class, all caps, capital T, capital C. That would be amazing if people are just like, what is this class that they keep talking about? The Why don't they
0: tell us what it class. is? So, like, it's what like What is the, the
1: class? When I want to say the class lowercase, I just I say, say the, the class. But the is, the the is capital T. Ultimate. Right. Taryn has
0: also developed the layer. Capital T, capital L. A transformational cleanse program. The retreat, Capital T, capital R Oh my lord International luxury retreats And yes, these both have capitals Waiting for it The heirloom Capital T, capital A Yes, it's an A, not an H Not like the tomato A handcrafted jewelry line She's amazing, basically, is what we're getting at And we are wicked, crazy, super screaming loud we're excited to have her in here Taryn, let's go Alright, so we are joined today by Taryn Toomey, yes! who, it's really sad this isn't a visual thing, because Taryn and I are kind of twinning a little bit right now. I actually thought about her before she came on, and I thought I'm going to wear my neutral colors, because Taryn is the queen of neutral on another shade of neutral of neutral this is a very lovely woman, and, and I for guess I'm complimenting myself because I said I'm dressed like her today, so I'm right, just... Right, that is a compliment. I'm complimenting And, and Taryn is currently <laughs>
1: acting out while you're talking. <laughs> no. Our podcast listeners can't obviously see this, but I'm going to try and narrate. Her arms are gracefully, <gasps> energetically going all over her body
0: right now. Um, I'm just clearing the space. And she, exactly. <laughs> and we're going to get into that, too. And I, I wore a crystal. Let's I saw see. that. We are prepared. but um, So, Taryn Toomey, I, I, I was looking for a condensed bio for you, which was really challenging to do. So this is what I came up with. Do it. Get ready. This is kind of very short and sweet. Taryn Toomey, former account executive for Christian Dior turned yoga teacher and now founder of
1: the class okay so this is what we do with every guest who's on I only Normally, worked at Dior
0: for
2: six months by the way I was
1: really Ralph Lauren
2: I was, oh okay no. more Ralph Lauren wah, wah. Already.
1: But <laughs> already that bio doesn't totally re- usually we ask how does that bio feel to you because usually it's longer but actually you said something when we were talking off air that I need to follow up on even more than this bio thing You said that your first job or one of your jobs was working at Boston Market. Yes. Now, I need to tell you that every day before a basketball game when I was growing up, I went, I got a chicken sandwich and I got mashed potatoes, half mashed potatoes, half corn, along with an iced tea. Now, how would you rate that order at Boston Market? And can you also give us the background of where you're from, which Boston Market you were working at, why this job was so exciting to you? I love that. That's what you want to know from Tara. Not you guys. How did you create the class? I don't but know. how is Boston Market? You guys, I, I just Boston Market holds a really special place in my heart. It was Boston Chicken then, by the way. D- true. Yeah. When my beginning of my high school career, Boston Chicken, and then I don't know yep. what happened. Market seemed more sophisticated. I'm not quite sure. For some weird
2: reason, I started salivating when you were talking about the chicken <laughs> and the corn. I was more of a cream spinach girl. Mm. I had a friend. That was working there and she had an in, and I got an interview with the manager.
1: An in? And I got the job. Wait, so you had to network for this job.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just remember it being one of the more exciting moments of my life to get put that hat on and the apron. How it old felt were very you? must have been what what's the minimum age sixteen? Sixteen? Fifteen? Four dollars and nineteen cents an hour, baby.
1: And where did you grow up? I'm
2: assuming that this was, was in West Hartford, Connecticut.
1: West Hartford yep. all the ESPN people oh. represent hey yeah I knew that there was a reason I was here <laughs> what? Oh, man. all the ESPN people <laughs> live in West Hartford it's like this pseudo cool area mm. around Bristol and Connecticut yep um okay so uh, sorry Catherine's looking at me like I'm a crazy person right now because I jumped in with Boston, Boston Market f- Market. <laughs> for listeners who don't know you started the class it's and I'm now I'm reading so it, people know I'm reading a cathartic movement and mind-body fitness experience that guides students from their personal comfort zones to intuitive places of growth. Taryn Toomey's The Class. Wait, been- wait,
0: wait, no, I want that
1: part. Oh, sorry, where did ahead. you
0: find that? I want that. Our producer
1: found it for us. <laughs> oh, <goodness.
0: laughs> this is, I think, one of the higher compliments, though. It says The Class has been credited with saving marriages, what? healing grief, what? and even leading students to ditch their day jobs and follow their passions. That's a real thing. And I'm like, I mean, sign everybody up. Yeah.
2: That's... A phenomenal compliment. Well, it's interesting because people say that and I'm in this experience where I'm just kind of trying to do it all with them. Yeah. I'm not preaching anything to anyone. I'm just like, this is being human. This is completely screwing up and then looking at what didn't feel good and how it does and what's not working and what is and reflecting and applying and and in tandem we move the body while we're doing it because I believe that there's a real process that can go on through the physical body while you're witnessing your mind Mm -hmm. because you are not your thoughts you're the one hearing them right you're your consciousness you're your soul and if we can start to strip those things away and understand that You are the one that is hearing your thoughts. You can reroute at any time. You can blah, blah, fill in the blank. So that's really what we do in the class. We get super uncomfortable in the physical body, and then we witness. And then that's when, you know, people will say things all the time like, oh, it's like somebody once was laughing. They're like, oh, she's like the Barbara Walters of fitness. She makes everybody cry. And I was (laughs) like, this is not the crying class. But it's just the thing is, is that I think people often end up in with a, an emotional response that's tears or yelling or whatever it is because those are the things that we repress and we try to avoid feeling so now I went off on a tangent I'm sorry no I'm sure I just you're here
0: all talk. About okay, good because I probably just took you way off Ooh, your... there, there was a lot of different directions my brain was going with what you said I guess one so my best friend Ashley Sibolko was the one who's like we have to go to Taryn we have to take the class she lives in Charleston South Carolina and she's like, I'm gonna be there for less than 48 hours and all I wanna do is take the class. And Kate and I were like, cool, let's go take the class. So we did. And she's a mother of an almost two-year-old daughter. And I was talking to her this morning. and I'm like, I'm gonna be talking about Taryn. What do you wanna know? And She's like, honestly, I just wanna know how she balances being in a relationship, being married, are you married? Yep, yep. Being married, having two children, and also having a successful career. Because she's been taking a break from her career to raise her daughter, and she's trying to find that her identity, you mm-hmm. know, because she used to be this businesswoman, and now she is the love of her life and her daughter Sienna. Yep. And how she's just wanted to know, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering that too. Like,
1: can I have it both? Oh, the have it all question. What I mean, I don't it have, have it
2: figured question. out, and that's the thing. A lot of people say, like, how do you balance it? What's your meet time? How do you check out? How do you check in? And I don't have it figured out. What I do is I apply on my own personal case study I I do something and then I reflect on it did that work or not Did that feel good or not and then I decide if I'm going to apply the wisdom that I've learned through my own personal Mm -hmm. destabilization or not and I'm going to apply it or not and that's really the work of the class with like mental emotional physical response to discomfort things that don't feel good you can continue the cycle because what you repeat you will strengthen negativity positivity you know and I don't believe in this whole like just choose joy or just choose love like that's all you got to do and like not not that that I have anything against any specific practice because to each it, it that's the main thing about the class I say all the time you can't do it wrong it's you with you it's you experiencing yourself you with you again what is it that you're experiencing of you with you do you, does it feel good or bad is it creating something that allows you A place of um, wisdom, of tapping into the wiser part of you. Are you hooked into an old story that you're somehow recreating because you're unaware of it? And then take a look at it and then decide. Decide what you're going to do. And that's really the balance for me. So some weeks I'll go off the rails and I'm not feeling good and I'm not sleeping well and I'm not eating well and I find that I'm in an argument with my husband or whatever it is and I will, bird's eye point of view, it, look at the whole landscape and then decide what it is that I want to shift or stay stuck in your unwell pattern of stress and overeating and blah, 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 whatever it is. It's your choice. Mm -hmm. You decide.
1: Okay. So full disclosure, Catherine and I have done the class twice. My full disclosure is that I really didn't want to do the class Mm -hmm. the first time and not just because I don't like just like I don't like organized working out as a former basketball player who played. I just don't like when people tell me that I have to do something. The second part of not wanting to do it was the concern that it was going to be too much of me having to be introspective. And I didn't even I didn't necessarily want that in working out and what. I ended up thinking about, during the class, and there's no right or wrong, right? I ended up thinking about wondering what you were thinking about <laughs> during a lot of the class, right? Because I find it very hard to just like, me, almost meditate, I'm not a great meditator, so I'm always like, well, Taryn's done this class a lot, but you know, in the middle of burpees, right? I'm like, <laughs> I wonder right now what she's thinking about everyone in the class. So I guess my meta question there is like, what do you think about when you're teaching the class? Do you truly 100% think about yourself, or sometimes are you like, making, like, observations and quote-unquote judgments, right, of, like, who's in the class and what they're releasing in the class and are they, anyway, you get the question.
2: Yeah, well, it's an interesting question because it's, there's a little bit of a tether in between both of those things. I'm in my body and I'm experiencing, I mean, if you've noticed, I do a lot of the class with my eyes closed as well, which is what I'm asking people to do. And I say close your eyes or don't. That's the thing. Do or don't. I tell people, stand here for an hour and breathe if you want or do all this other crazy shit that we're doing.
1: Can you I say can that? swear. Yeah,
2: okay, good. <laughs> because that was the the fifteenth time I almost swore and I held it back. Oh, I have a potty okay. mouth. that's we is do just... too. It's okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, it, it's 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 being in the room, in the body, and allowing it's very strange feeling actually it's it's like being a conduit of sorts for what's going on in the room and when I go in and out of looking in the room it's because I'm buttoning up the seams of the space so if I'm saying something to someone I'm never looking directly at them nobody will know that right. I'm saying you know blah 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 and if you're outside in the window and you're whatever you know I'll use what's going on in the room to button up the seams of the room because I think you probably felt that there's definitely a very specific energy that's kind of coursing through there the seams feel kind of buttoned up in the room is pretty much on the beat and if people are not I'm asking them to at least modify while you're embodied so it's not you know just standing there and like drinking your water you're like obviously standing there and breathing because you don't Or are unable to or are injured or blah 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 you know it's not because you're just like go you know f yourself and i'm not going to do that because when i say to people do it or don't it gives people permission to have that thing that you're talking about which is i don't want to go because i don't want to this i don't want to that so creating a safe space for people to do whatever they want to do that's really number one then i can drop into my experience of just allowing myself to kind of channel what's going on in the room and then number three, I do use people and experiences that I'm witnessing to button up the seams. So it's a little bit multi-layered.
1: Can I follow up real quick? Yeah, yeah, So my question then for you is, do you feel like when you teach the class or because of the class, do you feel like you people reveal something specific about them when they take the class? I do. What yeah. is it?
2: Well, I will look at some people and I'll be like, wow, you're completely unconscious. Or you're mm-hmm. completely checked out. Or you're completely obsessed with yourself or you're completely external or you know you're you're what exploring what are sp- of that um, just constant like staring at yourself in the mirror just can't get out of it just touching yourself in a way where you're like oh you know and like just you know not embodied right and, and I'm showing and once you again, yes, what that would look like I understand totally yeah, understand this was
1: yeah. acting out this concept of touching. there was a lot of yes. self touching there was some self touching <laughs>
0: Well, I, and, well we, and, I, and then and then there's she did more. slap my butt once in class, and I was like, "Yes, I did." Yeah, you yeah. came by and gave me a little, you know, like that—a girl smack on the butt. And yep. I was like, you yep. smacked my butt. I, I haven't gotten any touches. Right. Yep. No, no touches. Were that means I am embodied. Yep. I got a butt no. smack." Well, <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> so it's because because
2: what I'm saying is you can do it or don't anything apply to all and that that I can statement that I say a lot I'm not saying you can in this trite way like yes you can yes I'm saying you can you can give up you can hate you can shame you can blame you can do the burpee you can stand and breathe like free will is a beautiful thing so when you're asking somebody to do that and they still don't drop into the experience and they're completely out of their body or out of the room. Some people even take their phone out and we'll try to do like Instagram stories and things, which uh, now it's like a phone-free policy in there. But, you know, the, you're. it's so much like, uh, it's so obvious to me. Or somebody that's, their eyes are closed. You can look at somebody that's dropped in and tapped into their body. I can see it at least, you know. And, and when you, you can feel people, and that's one of the things that we're trying to teach in there, that there's a different understanding of thinking and feeling and when there's a felt sense and a connection that's felt people can feel it you can feel it with yourself you can feel it with other people as opposed to just having some like dialogue with somebody Mm -hmm. telling somebody why they should think something or why you're right it's different than actually connecting and feeling because you know it's like one of those experiences where you you know somebody's been through something really big and you haven't seen them in a long time and you enter their space and you just connect with them in their eyes and your face softens and theirs softens and there's just like tears you know or whatever you can feel them you know there doesn't need to be a verbal exchange as opposed to like Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, you're busy? Yeah, I'm really busy. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed. Like, you
1: know, blah, blah, there's blah, like, blah, 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 blah. It was like a Minnesota accent that yeah, going to say there almost. I liked it. Cheese skirts. Um,
0: <laughs> so I, I, there's a lot of teachers who listen to this. And I remember after the first time we took your class, I said to Kate, I was like, oh, my God, how does this woman do this all the time? That, I mean, I, I felt I, drained isn't the right word because it was... Cathartic, Like it felt like a, this cathartic flush for me, but also like I need to go drink a ton of water and stare at a wall for a little bit yeah. and recalibrate process. And so just as a teacher of yoga, when I have to be in front of groups, sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. I have nothing to give right now. And the class cathartic. That's the word that keeps coming up yep. for me. I mean, are you ever just having a day where you're like, I'm in a really good mood. Nothing is bothering me. The, the, the sky is blue. The birds are chirping. And now I'm going to go into this class and try to like help stir up some dark shite for people so that they can exercise the demons.
2: Well, the thing is, is like, so what you just said is interesting because people have this kind of... Take on class at times where it's a lot of like yelling and anger and, and all of this stuff and it's not, not negative, necessarily yeah. it's more just I'm just asking people to feel what's going on mm-hmm. that oftentimes comes up for a lot of the room as I'm irritated right. about that thing that I haven't talked about or I haven't verbalized and I say sometimes like this is not the time to be polite and we're not using words, but there's, you know, I'm saying to stir it up in oneself. So I'm not saying go get angry. I'm saying feel. So for me, I don't have to feel a certain way up, down, good or bad to bring that into the room. All I'm doing is engaging one in their own personal experience. It just happens to me that that shows up oftentimes as this like, uh, you know, because a lot we don't have a lot of spaces to do that. Not There's a lot all. of spaces to be like, I'm gonna walk in and feel joy and sprinkle my, like, yay, we everybody like me. But, like, where can you go around and just be like, that's, that's, I feel like that was really unfair. And, and like, you know, have a place to do it where you don't have to tell somebody why. You embody, you feel yourself, you feel the feeling. Once it's felt, the process can begin of actually releasing it. And that's the other thing. We never say, and it frustrates me a little bit, but it's just the way that I think people bucket things. It's not about let it go, it's feel it so it can be felt, and in there is the process. And that's the difference. And that's why it's not like, Four, three, two, like just let it go. Cause if you could just let it go, you know, were. life would just be like much easier. Oh, yeah, let it go. Oh, yeah, no problem.
1: Here, here it goes. That was one of Catherine's favorite things that you said the first time we took the class. Was something that let it go commentary about like, if I could have let it go, I would have let it go by now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't still be with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever done any um, like cartoon work for Hollywood? Because you're very good at cartoon characters. Am I? Yeah, you're really good. Yeah, the voices are excellent. I was very like, giving me characters. a run for my money. And we pride ourselves on being fantastic with certain characters and voices. When it comes to what you've created with the class, I'm assuming when it was like small and it was just yours, it was easy for it to fully embody what you wanted it to be. It's gotten much bigger. Yep. Um, it's gone viral in certain places. It's You just... Did the the partnership with Lululemon, which I'd love to hear about. But do you still feel right now that every part of what's going on with the class and in the business that you've created, do you feel 100% like good that it's all still like yours?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I do. And how have you managed that? Well, I I have a very, very clear feeling of how I want things to feel. And that's not just like feel in terms of the physical body, that's like the experience. Mm -hmm. And I've always had a vision for things. And the first employee that I ever had, Natalie Kuhn, who's the executive director, now she's out in LA, um, she was talking to me about it the other day and she said it was literally one of the most annoying things when I first started working with you, was that you would just say no to things. And now I look back at it and it makes total sense. But it's that's always been easy for me. That the I've based most of my decision making on my intuitive self. You know, I didn't have this college education, I don't have a business degree, I don't have all this like businessy kind of stuff. So but I do have a really good intuition and sense of things. So I brought on a business partner that handles on the business side of things, so I'm able to still remain the the creative behind it all and the vision and it's still sometimes hard for me to articulate exactly what we're doing in the class I know exactly what we're doing but it's it's at times hard for me to teach it to other teachers which is what we're in the process of doing yeah um so JC Gossett who's the director for teacher training she's incredible she understands it as I understand it which is sometimes the non um articulatable is that a a word? word I God! Oh, said is, is, that a is, word? is it a
0: word Articulatable hey, I am on it the same is, no. I make up words All the time That totally makes sense If you're listening
2: <laughs> Boom just,
0: well, Everybody understood it And that's
1: really All we need was yeah. good pronunciation too. That's right it's To communicate That's, that's right
2: But you know The other thing about me Is that I'm a huge skeptic About things And that's why I try to keep things In the classes Like I'm not like la, shan, ka, ka, ba, ha, Calling you're like You know Blah 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 And it's not because I don't believe In, in some of these More powerful Spiritual practices because I have them it's that I want people to understand that the esoteric world can be pretty grounded by like just say I feel what you feel and you feel what I feel too and it's okay where it's called being human it's not good bad right wrong male female Mm -hmm. it's human and when you just kind of release all of the resistance of like but that's not me and that's not me and I don't do that and I do that it's like just feel what's going on and we say all the times in class, um, and we use the physical body, but it's a metaphor for it all. When you're in, the, you're in like an eight minute ass lift, and your butt wants to fall off, and you say to yourself, "Just let yourself feel it," as opposed to being so resistant and like, Ugh! you know, it's like. Ugh! And it's the same thing for the other things. Just, you know, less resistance around the feeling.
0: I like that. Just let yourself feel it. Because what I was wondering how you're saying. It still it's... feels really crappy, though,
1: sometimes. Yeah, it's... It does. Okay, well, and, and but and you just go. Okay it just feels, feels crappy. Feeling right. crappy yeah, right? right.
0: That's right. Because you're saying how it's really difficult to articulate what the class is. And I'm just thinking about the people listening to this who are not in New York City or have accessibility to a retreat of yours who are like, damn, like, I, I want this. I want this class in my life. Like, what? Could you offer the listeners who want that, who can't have it? I mean, is it to, to feel the feels to?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the things when when, you know, you're in a conversation with someone and they say something to you and it's like really not a very big deal. Yeah. Right. It's just like a comment and it hits you. And it stirs up the fire in your gut. It's and so if you like kind of pull yourself back from it, and you're like, what, what is, why, why was that, that such happens a, happens to me all the time. Yeah, so that's what you look at, right? And what we do in the room and what people can do in their physical movement practice, what we do is we work one muscle group per song. So go put on a, one of your favorite songs, mm-hmm. put a movement on repeat. So like
1: anything Justin Bieber for me? <laughs>
2: for
0: you, sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay, cool. Did not Who's Justin Bieber? Be. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to, you know. Keep it real over here. I love Justin Bieber. I'm trying to reach a younger audience here at Free Cookies. That's right. Okay, so go put on <laughs> yep. some songs.
2: Close your eyes. Put the movement on repeat. We do that because then it takes the choreography out of it. So what you were saying, your resistance to wanting to come because you don't want to be introspective, there are beautiful movement practices that you know it brings you out, and that's that's got its place. I mean, believe me, there's times I want to get out of my head and I want to have to think about the movement and whatever, but this is different. We're engaging in a rhythm with the room and then you sit behind the thoughts and you begin to witness yourself. Because what happens when, you know, your frustration gets hit, when your judgment gets, the feeling in the body is going to stir something up the discomfort is going to create a reaction. Mm-hmm. It's either get me out of here, this girl can go screw herself, mm-hmm. I can't do that. No more burpees. Judge yourself to next year. Yeah. And if you start to witness it like you're watching some sort of TV show and you're you're getting to know it, the response to the discomfort in there is most likely a similar to re- response to the emotional discomfort that gets hit when you're out there. It's probably hooked into some solidified story that probably started when you were pretty young. That the defense mechanisms come up around it, they create this hardening and resistance to it, and then your self, as a capital self, starts to not want to feel it. And then in that resistance is really X marks the
1: spot. So speaking of when you're young and the stories that we usually solidify. Yeah. You're from West Hartford. What is Ish? What was, ish? That's the one common. What's the specific town, city? Um, Well, I was born in
2: New Jersey, and then I grew up in Connecticut-ish, Bloomfield, Simsbury. Then I moved to Florida, then in Long Island, back to Florida, Long Island, then New York, Boston, New York. I've been nomadic for... Was
1: there a reason for all the moving?
2: um, Disjointed family life. Yeah. Left on my own pretty early.
1: What happened? That's a whole other story. (laughs) Can we talk about it? Not on this podcast?
2: Not on this one.
1: <laughs> I'll just let the awkward silence just sit there for a yeah. minute. You can try and fill it if you need to. <laughs> but so what were the stories that you were, in whatever ways, comfortable for you? Like, what were the stories when you were growing up that you were like telling yourself about what your future looked like? What kind of future did you envision? It's
2: funny because I remember always being really intrigued or concerned, not intrigued, when people would say, when you find your work your passion it doesn't feel like work and I used to be like oh god what do I do with that you know because it feels like that's probably a fleeting thing and not many people find it and like what does that mean and uh, I should definitely be a lawyer or a doctor you know because that's when you're young like you know my my oldest daughter was, is going to be a teacher and you know and my youngest one is definitely going to be an actress and she you know it's just you put yourself in this box um I remember also really feeling like I wanted to invent something but like a fidget spinner. You know,
1: like <laughs> I invent like I didn't of that. <laughs> something small and tangible. Yeah, something where
2: like you make a mop or you make like a
0: bone up. Yeah.
2: Like that's what I remember <laughs> always <laughs> thinking. Like Joy Williams. How do you do that? Yeah, right. <laughs> How do you do that? And um, so in retrospect, I look at it and I laugh a little bit because the creation of the class was complete accidental. You know, I taught it for two years with no name and then for three years out of this rented dance studio because I was definitely not going to continue with it because everybody would you know, look at me like I was crazy, which now I've realized the crazy is actually part of the thing. It's
1: like, part of the allure.
2: Yeah, like what, what's, what, I don't get this. What is this girl struggling with so much? Why is she, you know? But a lot of it actually is childhood stuff. A lot of um, the protective armor, you know, my protection I have found, and I've started to realize and work with, is, you know, destruct before it's too good. You know, I've noticed that. Take yourself out first. Make sure that you don't, you know, feel good about yourself. Make sure that you don't, so that way somebody else doesn't take you out. So forever and ever, you know, I would make sure that everybody knew I was struggling. Don't don't come at me and tell me that you, you know, feel this way about me. Because I can't handle it because I'm the first one that's laying in bed hating myself at night. Which is one of the things that led me to create the class. Like, what is this? The optics to the outside world don't look like... I should be in the state of struggle, you know, I had a handsome boyfriend, now my husband at the time, I was working at Ralph Lauren, I was, you know, I was living in the city, you know, it was just things on the external were good, and I was suffering all the time inside, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't, it, it didn't have a name, you know, and it wasn't depression, and it wasn't, you know, these things where you can go to a, a doctor or a psychologist, it was like an ache in my soul. And it, and now I realize it was because I, it was begging me to please like move into your path of healing yourself and these stories that you've been believing about yourself for so long. And, and I started doing the class in a way to get to know what that was. Because I've always felt this stuck um, energy in my physical body. And moving the body the way we did, in tandem with the sound and the music, which I'm obsessed with music. So
1: your music is really good. Yeah, that's that's Fantastic. great. Oh, I been. was kidding about Justin Bieber. I would play Michael Jackson too, and I love that you play Michael Jackson. Yeah, so thank I'm you, Michael J. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um So anyway, I'm babbling. What else? is No, there? no,
1: you were in the middle of something. something and no, bad. you, you. It was the stuckness, the internal stuckness. Oh yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. Oh. it out, yeah, but that negative
0: internal deprecating self voice that we have. Yeah. And I actually was a question that I wanted to get to with you. Where and I keep coming back to the teachers for this one, but you know, as a teacher or as a human rather, but especially in a teaching situation, you can teach a class. Say you've got ten people, and nine people freaking love it; they've got big smiles. And then there's one sourpuss, who is there, just all crinkly lips turned down. Damn, they know, hate this. Thing. That's the work. Happening. No, but this is for real. Yeah. And, and then that's I get it all the time. The person that stick. I, I'm not gonna put this on you, but in my experience, that sticks with me. Or on social media, you'll have 100 beautiful compliments and then one gnarly one, and what sticks with you? So
2: that's the work, What yeah. exactly what you're talking about, is the ability- Do you ability pointers to...
0: on how to deal with that? Because well, I know I struggle with that horribly, and I know so many people who struggle oh, yeah. with that.
2: Oh yeah, same, I mean it's the reason why I almost stopped teaching the class for as long as I was always, oh it's just gonna stop, I'm just gonna stop this. Like, right. Because to, to expose yourself and to be so vulnerable in, in a way where you're pushing into the seams of what's, what is viewed as normal in a world that is not kind with the intent to heal as a total conundrum. You know, and then you people come into your space and they want to project their anger at something and you're activating something in them, so they're going to put it at you. So that's the work. Stay embodied, stay in your body to understand because that's in some ways, you know, if you want to use some of the more esoteric terms, that's like your psychic armor, Mm -hmm. staying in your body that is you this is me and if you were one that dealt with a lot of like you know upbringing where you you were in the throes of a lot of projection and you were you know in in maybe a family unit that um hadn't done the work themselves and 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 they would use you to project it's very easy to do that in a room oh yeah drop your stuff on me i'll hold it so i've just i do that practice that is your opinion and your opinion is actually none of my business. I'm here to be of service, and if you don't want to be a part of this room, you're welcome to leave. I mean, at times I've actually said that, it, when, when there's a room that, um, that, that is really, there's a lot of resistance and I can feel myself picking up on it. I'll just say out loud, hey my friends, we are going in. If you want to leave, you are welcome to do so. You know, and then for some reason it clicks a switch in them where they're like, "But I don't want to leave," and it makes them kind of like own. She's not talking about me. Well, it makes them own the energy they're bringing into the class and understand that if you're trying to be, um, if you're trying to have a nonverbal conversation with me about how you feel about me, you're doing it, and you're welcome to leave. You know, and that kind of feeling. And we we often talk a lot about. Um, being able to engage and disengage. And we do that in the room. So, you know, sometimes we'll be doing a skater left and right, and I'll be like, and the music's going, and then I'll be like, pull back a little bit, pull back a little bit. You see how you can disengage a little bit. And then, you know, i will be like four, three, you know, full throttle, and then the room goes boom, and it's like, now you're engaging again. And the understanding of how to engage and disengage not only physically, But emotionally, energetically, spiritually, mentally, with thoughts, that idea. So you can either engage with that idea that you're about to have about that person's opinion of you, which is really none of your business. Or you can notice you're having it and you can disengage with it. I'm actually not going to strengthen
1: you. Because what Mm -hmm. you repeat,
2: you strengthen all the stuff we talk in class.
1: We've talked a lot on this podcast about, like um, because of a story that happened in the sports world, of like misgendering. We happened to bring it up because there was a story in the sports world, and we talked through how, like, that happens to me sometimes, and often it becomes this feeling of, like, complete lack of foundation because, like, I identify as female and somebody has seen me as male, and now, like, they've thrown this concept of, like, who I am, like, out, and I feel this shift beneath me. And I guess I was wondering, Catherine, because we've been talking a lot about Catherine's trying to move from the yoga world out of the yoga world because, like, that's where her passion is. But you're not on solid ground yet in a lot of ways. And so, when you're not yet on solid ground and you're like, I know I'm good at this new thing that I'm doing, when people throw you a negative comment, you're not on solid ground. And so, it knocks you even farther back than perhaps you might be like a couple years down the road. And then, the, so the question within that is, did you feel when you first started the class that when people maybe didn't enjoy it or through barbs that you were less solid or were you just gung-ho because you were just starting?
2: No, I was never gung-ho. I mean, it's, I'm still filled with fear all the time. And I just look at the fear and I'm like, but I'm going to use courage and bravery and continue on. I mean, I don't think it's, it's scary all the time because, um, like I said, when, when you're feeling vulnerable, but you also feel like you're on a path of something and it's fulfilling you, people are gonna try to destabilize you all the time. You have to just strip it back and look at the intention behind the comment of the other. Is the intent to be, and a really wise friend told me this the other day because I had asked her, and she's in in, in, in the public eye, I had asked her, how do you deal? Because I'm already like, just I attach to that negative comment and I'm scared and I and I just please don't attack me and you know all that kind of stuff
1: and what if they say what they say is right it, we, right doesn't that happen isn't that the big thing what, what if the negative comment that they're saying is actually true about me well um. th- well then you so that's
2: that's what um she'd said to me is look at it as is this corrective criticism and something that could help you evolve or is it somebody just trying to take you Be out yeah. and if it's somebody just being nasty just move on and don't even engage with it and it's a practice because the more that you're able to catch it when it begins to happen and reroute the, the easier that pathway begins you know because you go neurologically mind point A to point B get solidified point A path of least resistance and then you start to notice when that's happening you catch it by using awareness and then you reroute or not which is really what we're doing with the class
0: yeah and it's that addition addition of embodiment that you're talking about <clears throat> this was an experience that I had in your second class that I took where it, and it was a very rhythmic well, I'm sure they're all rhythmic actually but a particularly rhythmic moment where I, the word embodiment became alive to me because I was actually in my body and it kind of transformed into this primal moment for me where it it truly felt stripped down and then funny enough when getting to the stripped down level i had these crazy creative I'm, i'm contemplating short stories a new book and all this stuff and i had these crazy innovative fictional ideas for some of my short stories come up almost to the point where i was like i need to stop this and i need to write this down yep And I remember trying to explain it to Kate afterwards and I was like, this doesn't make sense, but just listen to me because this came up during class. But just the reminder of sometimes its simplicity comes back to getting into your body, to using this vessel, I I call it a meat suit, that we've been given and use it and understand it. And it really helps me kind of wipe the slate for all of the stories and projections and expectations of others so I can see myself clearly and be creative. Yeah, Again. the
2: creativity, it's like, that's huge. We have a lot of people that say they use the class, like people that are in the creative worlds to to tap into that. Okay, so like, I'm not alone. No, yeah. I mean, we hear that all the time. Um, people use it before like big business meetings and different types mm. of things that are in the worlds of, of uh, creative directors and whatnot. And that they say they come up with some of their yeah. their work in, in the room. And it's, it's because... Um, that idea of embodiment, I mean, you can feel it when you go into somebody's space and you speak with them, like I was saying earlier. If you're there with them and you're present and you're connected in a way that's like almost like just not through the head, but you can feel a connection. Like for me, it's always solar plexus area. Mm-hmm. The way that That's you can. That's around your navel, people. We rel-
0: <laughs> non-body people. Yeah,
2: just so you know, um, it, it's it's a completely different felt sense, and that also applies to oneself when you're connected there, and you're not off in the mind, letting the mind run the show, which is really just doing its job to spit out thoughts to keep you alive, right? Don't do this, do that, don't do this, do that. And then the subconscious, which is such a huge part of it, which is just, you know, constantly looking for the do this, don't do this based on my upbringing, based on like what I learned when I was young, always at play, you know, and you actually go into the here I am now with my body, feeling myself, I'm with myself, hey body, here I am. Do you feel me? That's when you're able to access these, for me, like intuitive channels and, and creativity, Um, For me, too, I mean, I go to some of my other teachers' classes and it's the same thing. That's when I come up with ideas. You know, it's kind of like when I go for a run, too. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Close your eyes, put music on. That's what it's
0: like for Kate, yeah. Okay, well, so then, uh, basically, we have two questions. Like, what are the favorite sounds that you like to make when you're doing the class And if you could maybe do like two or three of your absolute favorite sounds that you've ever heard in the class. So this
2: is the thing about the sound thing. Because people like to like write weird things like, turn to me, will make you scream. And like all this like scream stuff. It's not about the scream. Like we actually don't really scream that much in there. Like I I give people the space to make whatever sound you want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what I always say sometimes it comes out as a scream and then one person screams and then the other person's like i'm gonna do that too (laughs) you know but a lot of what we do for me is a little bit more of a guttural than what you're saying where you where you go uh yeah
1: Yeah, okay was that 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 you letting it it go i have to we were talking about this before (laughs) i don't feel self-conscious of other people hearing me make sounds yeah i'm self-conscious in my own self Mm -hmm. of making sounds yeah and like I don't want to make any sounds, but I should make sounds. And then I start to make sounds, and I'm like, that's a fake sound. That's not a real sound. So what we're asking
2: you to do in that is just to witness the weird about it, and then just... In body and blah, whatever it is that comes out, you know. And the thing is, with like, I had a girl came to class today, and she said, "So weird." I, was, I just, I, I heard the people make sound, and I just, I was just, rah! and every time I would do it, I just felt like I was gonna start crying, and I had no idea why, but it just felt so good, <laughs> you know. And that's the thing, like when I'll be, you know, we'll do the burpees, and you hop forward up, and we go, ha. You know, we make the huh sound. It's actually not a scream. People say it's scream, but it's huh. And I say to people, it's not from the throat. It's more guttural, right? It's like, huh. So you bring it from something lower. And for me, the sound with the movement not only allows you to move through some of the heaviness that's stopping you. That I'm not just talking about the physical heaviness, but all the other stuff stuff that gets you stuck in bed, the stuff that gets you stuck in thought. You know, it creates this channel for it, essentially ushering it out. And then in that space, that's when people start to kind of free themselves. And then the room, like, <laughs>
1: Oh my God, I do that for so long. What's, what's, KB, what's your go to noise in, in, in the, the class? class? Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like she just covered it. I really like the. Huh. Oh, yeah, it reminds me of a New Zealand like like rugby. Great. Okay, so you do that one. I do that, and I'm definitely when. The, you know, we're doing the the jump lunge thing, or like something where I feel like I am physically going to lose a limb at any given moment. Yeah, like I'm definitely the person, and that that'll be like, oh. ah!
2: yeah. yeah. But oh. do you, but once you do that, don't you realize like then it creates it's a warrior a,
0: mode. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Just it's like, definitely little New Zealand Ugh. KB. Yeah, ah.
1: <laughs> I thought this would be a very rich environment for like a social scientist to just like come in. <laughs> oh, people observe. do.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, there's, like, we have psychiatrists that come. I work with a couple different people that are in- incredible. I feel so blessed. Uh, you know, Esther Perel, she's a... Oh, yes, love oh, Esther. So yeah. She's my drink, which I love and I feel really psyched okay. about. So um, a lot of the sounds, you know, are the reason why we say do or don't is because the last thing you want to do is force somebody mm-hmm. to do something that they don't want to do, especially mm-hmm. if they've ever been in trauma or anything. The last thing you want to do is force. So... You know, the, the the idea of do or don't is what I think gives people the freedom of spirit to just roar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, why are you not making sound? It's, yeah. you stand there and breathe if you want. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you notice the room shifts and people are like, oh no, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know, it's like telling somebody not to do something. And mm-hmm. Or
0: giving someone the first time in their entire life to be able to do something like Whatever that. Whatever you be want. socially acceptable. Yeah. Like, let it rip.
2: Right. So yeah, so we have some psychiatrists and people that take the class and they'll come and be like, no, like this is what what you're talking about is actually a real thing. Mm-hmm. You're just using the body to like you know. Sp- ah. Oh! The I mean the the, fl- <laughs> the fluttering the lips is a real thing too. I mean, flutter the lips and <laughs> and shake your body. You know? Oh, that
0: was yeah. good. And you
2: know the tapping. I love that. Yes. Somebody wrote something about me the other day, like an article that really upset me. Like. You know, people really like to make fun of you, and they call this, like, a gorilla or, like, a samurai, whatever. And it bothers me. But at the same time, I'm like, whatever. I guess that is what we're doing.
1: (laughs) I guess it is. That's your interpretation, (laughs) buddy. Yeah. We've now come to the most important question. Okay. I'm scared. Do you like cookies? (laughs) I love cookies. What's your favorite kind of cookie? There's a right answer and a wrong answer. (laughs) She's actually serious. Okay.
0: Well...
2: I don't know what I should say. I'm
1: feeling really
0: nervous. I, I, I'm hoping there are going to be some sounds associated okay, with fine. the nerves yeah. that I are truly want to know your favorite. I really
2: love the Juice Press Gladiator cookies. Those are
1: so good. So good. Those are great. There's like coconut. Yep. Yeah. Cashew. They're not on the standard cookie list, but I know those cookies I mean I love those cookies.
2: I went through a lot of things. You know, there's should say, shouldn't say, but I ate four of those yesterday morning. I was having a morning.
1: The Gladiator cookies? Yeah, I ate them for breakfast. Of cookies that are baked in someone's kitchen. Yeah. What's your favorite?
2: A chocolate chip cookie. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Warm. Mine's oatmeal raisin because mm. they're better than chocolate chip, but yours are
2: just It's totally lame. That's, that's not even know. a cookie. That's, that is
1: a cookie. That's oatmeal. The side no. of the table is team chocolate chip.
0: All that's right. cool. I mean, I would vote okay, for- Okay, our producer is going to come join the side of the table. No, she's
1: okay. in oatmeal raisin. Oh. It's really? Want to Wait, wait. We also have another human. Oh, okay. oh the Rubber okay. Rubber vote. Rubber vote. <laughs> That's because you work for Taryn, with Taryn, not for Taryn, with Taryn. <laughs> I mean, I, that's not even did a cookie. You, did you make eye contact with her and transfer no. uh, energy no. to her? She she, she did. not a cookie did she you, wants. Did you talk about it on the she way in? She was sending energy Obviously. from her solar plexus I was. across the room. It was a true connection. <laughs> you, shit vibes. But really oatmeal raisin, right? We'll talk about it after. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. we got to go make some very loud noises. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to Geico. I feel like a whole new person. Disclaimer, you will not become a whole new person. This is impossible. You might be able to join a gym or diet program, buy a new wardrobe, get hair implants, but your DNA and physical form will remain the same. Geico waives any and all liability if you
2: attempt to become a new person, except a cyborg. If you choose to become a half-human, half-cybernetic organism with lasers for
1: eyes, the Geico legal team would be cool with that because, quote, laser eyes are pretty sweet. Pew, 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 end quote. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: So, for today's wellness cookie, I wanted to talk about this new program
1: that I just launched. Okay, uh, let me do this for you, because I always feel like it's better when someone else throws your workout into the world. She doesn't want me to be a
0: vain MF
1: right now. Catherine has an awesome new class. Course. Course. Up on Yogaglow.com. It's called Better Than Lattes. You guys have to check it out. Even though I dispute the name of the class, the yoga classes within it. It awesome. could have been named just as good as lattes. You're right. Better than lattes has a nice ring to it, even if it stands as a false. It's catchy. Herb. It's catchy. But the whole reason that we bring this up
0: is this this concept of what is your wellness routine. In the AM, and people in the wellness world are going to slap you with just a bajillion ways to start your day, such as sleep eight hours a day, drink water immediately, stretch, take a walk, do yoga, eat high protein snacks, don't touch the phone, sit quietly, practice mindfulness, meditate spiritually, reading mantras. Blah, 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 we blah, only blah, blah. do we only do ninety two percent of those things, right? And this should all be done ideally before seven AM if you are a decent human being, which is basically the takeaway from most of this. So we just wanted to chat really quickly on our morning routines, what gets us going, and a couple pointers that we thought would be accessible, digestible ways to get your day starting right. So, Kate and I, we do have a rule that, I'm not going to lie, sometimes we break, that we wake up every day, and if we don't have to be somewhere, we get our two dogs, and we walk to get our lattes, but our rule is definitely no phones. No phones. And I I, I can't describe to you the irritation and i love you the irritation that i feel if i see her slightly ahead of me because i'm normally like picking up ashi's poop number three because she's a very productive puggle and you know productive i'm like picking capital p capital p up, oh my god i'm picking up poop number three and then i can see her productive on her puggle phone. poop capital p capital p capital p do you hear what's happening people she's trying to totally take us away from the fact that she's on her phone and it makes me crazy because then i think oh it's gonna be one of those mornings when we don't connect with each other it's gonna be one of those mornings where you know we're gonna be working and not exploring brooklyn together not experiencing our lattes what's better than lattes and
1: experiencing it with someone that you love with your dogs there's nothing better than lattes although i love your yoga glow course for me and i will get to your point about the phone for me (laughs) I wake up in the morning and I'm so thrilled at the concept of getting a latte. And it could be whatever. I mean, it could be green tea for for whatever it is. It's just like the emotional attachment I have for making this journey with you to the coffee shop and then holding it in my Keep Cup, which I've started to use after that New York magazine article about climate change. A reusable
0: coffee mug. Right. That's a particular brand, but there's lots of them out there.
1: Really, the only routine that I feel truly... Gives me the kind of satisfaction that I think we're all craving in a quote-unquote morning routine mm-hmm. is leaving my phone there Yes, and I'm really bad about it, and I'm really bad about Having my phone you've in gotten my... better. I think you've gotten okay. So I must better. have been like Atrociously awful at it at some point. I've tried to get better at it but for listeners like I can actually feel the energy shift when I haven't looked at my phone on the walk And then I know I'm ahead of you and I know the productive puggle is pooping and I feel and I feel like I have a 19 second window where I like, so you admit, yeah, I mean, I'm articulating this now almost to myself for the first time that this is what happens. I think the productive puggle is pooping. And that's a perfect possibility. Code PPP. For, I'm trying so hard for all the pieces. here. And I I'm like, window. I see like a sliver of window open and I try to dive through it, refresh the emails. Yes, flick, flick. Yeah, yes. So I'm like, how many can I get in? I can check Twitter, I can check Instagram, I can check email. Has she noticed that I'm on my phone? But and then I yep. know when you when you catch back up with me, I know when you're like the energy is just like shifted and I'm like, damn it. She saw me on my phone and I'm like, this is going to be a long morning. <laughs> <laughs> which then is my fault
0: um also we can get into dog etiquette we no. we could get into dog etiquette but i do have one takeaway that i just want to offer the listeners for a really great way to start your morning um obviously a lot of us shower in the morning if not me everybody you know <laughs> if you're not in morning shower there's no judgment attached there i'm just trying to think of places that you're definitely going to be um maybe you have your quote office hours you know some time my point is Mantra, something that you can repeat over and over to set the mood that you're going to have for the rest of the day. And I was talking to one of my best friends this morning, Gina Caputo, who, yes, I promise we will have her on the show because she is phenomenal. But Gina was walking me through some life tips today because she's my sister in that way. And she just simply quoted, You are the sky. Everything else is just weather. You are the sky. Everything else is just weather. And for some reason, that was just. Yeah, you posted that on your Instagram. I did post it on my Instagram, With a double which I'm glad rainbow. you Well, uh, no, I was about to say yeah, anyway, moving on. Are you glad I looked at my Instagram? Well, I was I was thank you for looking at my Instagram, but then I was like, <laughs> "Oh, you didn't know that means you've been off your phone. That's great." Um, but the point is you don't have to use that mantra by any means, but just something that you can reiterate over and over again at the very beginning of your day. And y'all, this can be 30 seconds. This or however long you shower or have your office hours. But just say something that is going to get your brain in like empower yourself because life is hard it's not easy to make good choices so whatever you can say to yourself over and over again to get you going and that is my little tiny wellness bite for y'all today
1: i practice my latte order in my head as i get ready i go medium latte with whole milk please And, and then you say mine And I say, we'll have two medium lattes, one with whole milk, one with almond milk. And can you pour it in these keep cups? Because after we read that New York Magazine article, we need to save the environment. No, she just says, I brought a keep cup. I'm saving the earth. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm a person that I never thought I would become. She's really proud of herself. But I love you. But I'm proud of you. Thanks
0: and that is a wrap y'all remember to email us at 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 espn.com all about things cookies sports wellness us guy hard not being a christmas movie and we always go back to that so if you want to hit us up hit us up there free cookies is from espnw and please make sure to check out espnw.com for all of your women's sports news features as well as lifestyle and
1: culture tips this podcast is produced by the awesome Sarah Johnson. The awesomest. She's the best, as we say every week. It's edited by Brendan Rosen, and we got production help from Martin Onebu and Tony Chow. You can find us in the Listen tab of the ESPN app or wherever you get your podcasts, including, of course, Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, review you know if you just have nothing to do and you like this and that, that's really it's very helpful I really please please it. do that and do the thing where you hit the button and all the stars what or none of the you stars do. you do you thanks for listening You do you. do when you're stars. doing that, that thing you do that's right everybody we out